Our reading this morning was from the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is a truly remarkable book, even in something as unique as the Holy Bible. Because here we find a collection of words, words to pray, songs to sing, that encourage us all to praise God for who he is and what he has done. The book of Psalms also reminds us that we can lament and express our grief to God and encourages us to remember that God is the beginning and the end of all things. He is sovereign and that we should have joy in all our circumstances. Psalm 130 verse 5 talks about waiting and it says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits and in his word I put my hope. And in this current Advent season we're all waiting. We're all waiting for the day coming soon, the day that we call Christmas Day, when as Christians we can remember and celebrate the birth of God's only Son, Jesus Christ, who came as our Saviour and Redeemer. I don't know about you, but I can find that waiting can be quite hard to do, Um, particularly waiting for something as important as Christmas. And that's something we all have to do each year. And I particularly remember that when I was young, the lead up to Christmas just seemed to be all about waiting. Waiting for the school term to end and the holidays to begin. Waiting to put up our Christmas decorations at home. And in particular, uh, waiting, and in my case not very patiently, for Christmas Eve night to come to an end so that I could get up again in the morning and go down and see what presents there might be waiting for me to open. But at least in Advent, we all know when our waiting will come to an end. And that come December the 25th, our waiting period will be over. And we can all once again joyfully celebrate the birth of God's only Son, Jesus. But if you can, imagine what it must have been like over 2,000 years ago. Over 2,000 years ago, before Jesus was born. Because the coming of a Messiah, a Saviour, had long been foretold. And it had been promised by God. As is recorded in many, many different places in the Old Testament. And yet, after hundreds and hundreds of years... God's chosen people were still waiting for this, God's promise, to be fulfilled. So imagine how hard it must have been for successive generations to have to wait. They never know whether or if their promised Messiah would finally arrive in their own lifetime. And yet, this is what they did. Waited patiently, generation after generation always trusting that God's promise to them would indeed be fulfilled. Until at last, of course, Jesus Christ was born. God's people had waited patiently for their Messiah to come. A Messiah that would bring them redemption from all their sins 
and salvation to them as a nation. But Jesus was not what they had expected and hoped for as a Messiah. He was not a great king or even a mighty warrior who had come to lead them to overthrow the occupation and rule of their country by the Roman Empire. Jesus was instead born to a young virgin mother who was married to a poor carpenter. Born not in a grand palace, but in a humble stable. And born not in their holy city of Jerusalem, but in a little town called Bethlehem. And yet, God's promise to them was fulfilled. And it was fulfilled beyond anything that they could have hoped for. For the birth of Jesus Christ brought salvation. Not just to the people of Israel, but to every nation and every people everywhere across the earth. So Psalm 130 cries out to God. It cries out for God's forgiveness through his unfailing love. And God both heard and answered this plea through the gift of his son. And through the birth of his son and his subsequent death on the cross for all our sins, the time of God's people waiting for God's forgiveness was brought to an end. And this was and is, of course, true salvation. Not salvation from foreign rule or oppression, but salvation from being condemned by sin. And from being condemned through sin to separation from God. And from being condemned through that separation from God to eternal death and damnation. Each one of us puts a gap between ourselves and God by disobeying him. But in his love, God wants us to get rid of that gap caused by our disobedience and to bring us close to him, right where we belong, right where our loving Father wants us to be. So Jesus Christ died so that everyone's sins can be forgiven. And yet today, there are still many, many people who are still waiting to receive this forgiveness. But you don't have to pay any money for it. You can't buy this forgiveness. And you can't earn it through doing good works, charitable deeds. You do, however, have to decide humbly and sincerely to accept the gift of this forgiveness for yourself. And by accepting salvation through Christ, each and every person brings their own time of waiting for God's forgiveness to an end. Receiving the best Christmas present that uh, there ever can be and not even having to wait till Christmas Day to receive it. And we can all share this best present, this best Christmas present ever too. Because not only is forgiveness the best Christmas present that each of us can receive, but it's also the best Christmas present that each of us can share with others. So by sharing our own faith and spreading the good news of God's 
love and our salvation through Jesus Christ, we can help other people accept this wonderful gift too. And they can be helped to bring their own time of waiting for God's forgiveness to an end. In Romans chapter 10, in verses 13 and 14, in the New Living Bible, we can read, Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So in conclusion, in Psalm 130, we see a heartfelt cry to God. A cry that recognises Israel's sin and pleads for God's mercy. But in Psalm 130, we also see recognition of God's great love and a longing for the time of waiting for God and his redemption of Israel to come to an end. And for generations, God's chosen people waited patiently for their promised Messiah to come. A promise that was fulfilled by the birth of God's only Son, Jesus Christ. A birth, of course, that we celebrate each year at Christmas time. And through Christ's birth and his sacrifice on the cross for all our sins, we no longer have to wait for God's forgiveness. A forgiveness that instead is given to us immediately and freely if we choose to humbly ask God for this most precious gift of all. And whilst we, uh, we may all like to uh, both give and receive Christmas presents, we're all called as Christians to share this most wonderful gift of all. Not just on Christmas Day, but every day. By reaching out and sharing our own faith and spreading the good news of God's love and our salvation through Jesus Christ. So as I come to an end now, I would like to invite each and every one of you to think about how are you going to respond to this most amazing gift of all? How during Advent time will each of us individually respond to the truth that in his love, God forgives all our sins? And perhaps we could each tell a... Uh, a friend or a family member, um, somebody who doesn't yet know um, Jesus for themselves, the true importance of Christmas. Or perhaps we could let our neighbours know uh, all about our forthcoming Christmas services, uh, um, both at uh, St Mark's and at St Luke's. Um, and perhaps we could even invite them to, uh, to join us at one of these. And perhaps we could still sign up to deliver some of our... Uh, parish Christmas cards um, so that others who we maybe don't know across the parish can also themselves receive that warm invitation to come and join with us at church this Christmas time. Some of you may know that yesterday was uh, what we call Sausage Saturday. We usually have Sausage Sunday actually but yesterday was Sausage Saturday um, 
when volunteers from across the parish um, went out to deliver our parish cards and, um, and received a, uh, a modest reward of a hot dog and a drink at the, uh, at the vicarage. But there are still over uh, two dozen, I believe, streets which still need volunteers to come forward to deliver our parish Christmas cards so that everybody across Highwoods can know that they are invited, that they are most welcome this Christmas time. Or perhaps you could uh, volunteer to lend a hand when we do our own. Carols next weekend, carols in the park. Um, unfortunately, I personally won't be able to be there, but um, and I don't believe that Chris is there either this time. But as a church, we are coming together not only to sing carols as a church family, but to bless our local community and invite them to experience just some of that joy that we all feel as Christians this Christmas time. And perhaps we could even invite somebody that we know and who we also know will not be celebrating Christmas this year with family or with friends. Maybe we could invite them instead to join with us on Christmas Day. Not only at church, but maybe for Christmas lunch afterwards as well. And then, what will each of us do when Christmas is over? When all the presents have been unwrapped, all the decorations have been taken down again, put away? What will we then do to let others know all about God's love for them? And to help each of them end their own time of waiting? for God's love and God's forgiveness. Thank you.